Coming up on Guys Talking Sports, we talk about the results of the NBA All-Star Weekend. Um, we have a lot to discuss about that. And we also talk about MLB uh, in a lockout. We also talk about LeBron James actually bringing Ronnie into the mix to be drafted in the NBA All-Star. We're going to get your thoughts on that because he wants to play with his son, Ronnie. So we got a lot to discuss. My co-host, Jason Smooth, join me on Guys Talking Sports. And that begins right now. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Guys Talking Sports. Appreciate all the love, support out there. Uh, we got a lot to talk about, so we're going to get right into it. We have a lot of sports to talk about. Uh, got my co-host, uh, Smooth, with me. Ace will be joining us shortly, uh, but I do have my co-host, Smooth, with me. So what's going on, sir, man? How's everything going? Everything is doing good, man. I was enjoying the Fox Spring weather yesterday until... This morning, and I realized that 70 degrees and 50 degrees feel much differently. No, I completely agree with that. It's it does feel a lot different. <laughs> it's like night and day right here. So, um, but it is what it is. I enjoyed the moment while I had it. Um, enjoyed it while we last lasted. Of course, I'm waiting for spring to hit. It's just making me want to get closer to spring more and more <laughs> nowadays because um, I'm almost done with this cold, cold weather. From the bottom line, <laughs> but we can get let's get right into it. We have a lot of uh, talking to begin with, and what better way to start with the festivities of what happened at the All Star NBA All Star Weekend? Of course, had the um, Rising Stars Challenge on. Uh, let me start back. Had the Celebrity Game um, in the Rising Stars Challenge on Thursday. Um, no, on Friday. Sorry. Um, Skills competition, three-point shootout, dunk contest on Saturday, ended up with the All-Star game on Sunday. Uh, so let me get your thoughts about the All-Star festivities and um, whether or not you were you enjoyed the All-Star weekend from the NBA. You know, how about I wasn't even dialed into it until about the week of when I realized it was going to be on. I mean, it, it, it just crept up on me. I think it was all the fact that you had – you know, you know, you have football, you had the Super Bowl, then you had the Olympics going in, in between, and then the NBA All-Star was just like almost an, a serious afterthought. And then I realized, wait a second, on Thursday, there is one. <laughs> and then, um, you know, it's the game. It's well, I'll start with the game last. Um I watched a little bit of the um, the celebrity competition. Um, it's actually sometimes, depending on who's playing, a little bit interesting. This year, not so much. However, the skills challenge, I would say, they revamped it. I like it. Mm -hmm. I like it a lot. Um, and also, I like the um, three-point competition, which, in my opinion, unless they can find a way of putting some juice into the slam dunk competition. And I think it has to safe to be say that not every person that does it is a dunker. <laughs> some people are in-game dunkers. Some people can do it right in the gym. And some people can do it in the gym. And then when they get in front of cameras, millions of people, they don't know how to dunk anymore. 
And that's what you got <laughs> in that slam dunk competition. That was about the most abysmal slam dunk competition I've seen. I mean, it almost makes the one matter of fact, it wasn't as bad as the 22 attempt that Nate Robinson tried to do with that long slam dunk he had about what 10 years ago. But this one probably ranks up as the as the worst. I don't know how you change it. I do have a theory about it. Mm-hmm. Um but I do like the the skills challenge. I like the three point competition. Maybe they should just shift the slam dunk competition, and or or get some G leaguers and some dudes. I don't know if the N one tour is going on, but get some you know get some cats off the streets. You know at Rucker Park or you know at, at in Cali, and let these dudes run it because the NBA players, most of the NBA players that you want to see in a dunk competition, you don't. Where you see them at. It's an all-star game. So why don't you make the all-star game and then have an in-dunk competition in the all-star game, being how their dunks is better than what you saw Saturday night? Why don't do that and just say you have to you have the game? No one plays any damn defense anyway until like the last, you know, fourth quarter. So have the first three quarters or the or whole game, the best in-dunk competition, in my opinion, that should be a slam dunk champion. If they can't find a way of enticing some people, and I'm looking, and they actually, you know, John Morant, who had a couple of good dunks in the All Star game, would he mind to do it? And he kind of was like, yeah, well, <laughs> he get his answer was like, I could, but I don't want to. That's how his answer came off to me. The floor uh, is yours, Mr. Coros. <laughs> no, nah, I. I, I <laughs> Okay. Um, first of all, I'm in complete agreement with you about the NBA um, All-Star Weekend. Um, to be honest, it wasn't pushed out enough, at least in my opinion, um, or it wasn't intriguing enough for me to make me want to watch it. Um, I think overall, I, I agree with you about the skills competition, to be honest. I thought that was a great format of how they did it. I think, to be honest, that kind of was that, that I mean, all the All-Star aside, I think that was the highlight of the all-star weekend i think how the format was changed really worked out um especially with cleveland coming out being the winner um so that just made it even more of a of a attraction i think they should stick with that and continue that going forward i thought that was a great idea um wouldn't be remiss if i didn't give um shout outs to cat um carl anthony towns for winning that three-point competition because who knew about that and he almost dropped 30. yeah who knew (laughs) <laughs> at this point i mean bottom line he i mean the 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 last big man to do it was kevin love which coincidentally was in minnesota so but it was it, i mean to see him win i think it helps it only all it does it helps intrigues the three-point competition because any sunday anybody at this point at the right time as long as they stay hot can win the three-point competition which in turns makes it more intriguing because it's anybody's game. Um, I get that. Now, the, the dunk competition with, you know, all respect to Obi Toppin, he won it. Um, I agree. That was one of the worst showcases of the dunk competition. And I've been saying this for years now. Um, it is not intriguing with the NBA stars doing it. I'm sorry. Um, to be honest, since the whole... Aaron Gordon's Zach Levine competition of the dunk contest, it hasn't reached that level. 
never that level of intrigue or that level of creativity. I was expecting the creativity to come out. Um, I, I don't know why I wasn't. I, I was expecting it, but I was expecting something a little bit more than what was given. I mean, the fact that Cole Anthony, Duncan, and Tim's to represent New York as something not new, and truth be told, that wasn't creative enough for me. Just because you dunk with Tim's, you know, like you said, everybody in New York does it. Um, I mean, to be honest, everybody probably around the world that does it on a regular basis. So, to be honest, and did better dunks than what he did in Tim's. <laughs> I said, and did better dunks than what he did in Tim's. And that's my point. Like the just the showcase that you can dunk with Tim's wasn't enough for me. Um, now, if you would have did some type of move like what Aaron Gore and Zach Levine did it in Tim's, I would have been more impressed with that. Um, but I know you was trying to do it because it wasn't done in the NBA side of things, but everyone's seen it on the playground. So it wasn't like, you know, ooh and ah. Like it was almost kind of like when Blake Griffin jumped on um, one the dunk contest, jumping over a car. And everybody was like, oh, wow, he jumped over the car. And we like, bro, we've seen that plenty of times, like in so many dunk competitions. So it was nothing new. I think that, I think the NBA stars in some shape or form devalues the dunk contest. I thought that, to be honest, I said it before about the dunk king competition that um, Shaq and all these NBA players um, judge. I thought that was a better, a much higher level of dunks than what the NBA players do because Truth be told, they're not going to do those type of risks and risk, you know, injuring themselves or whatever the case may be. So they're going to be on a very mild manner with their dunks and creativity. And I said this from the jump that, and you're, I agree with what you said, like bring others in the dunk competition to make it more like you, you've seen people that are more creative um, that it's not in the NBA. Bring them in and watch how that turns around. But Unfortunately, it's the NBA All-Star, so I guess NBA players have to be a part in it. Um, I mean, to be honest, it's not going to do anything. They should figure out some type of rules, some type of creativity, um, give points, make it mandatory for them to be creative. Because at this stage, that's the only way that's going to intrigue the dunk competition. That's the only way that's going to get people to look and see what creativity is there. Um, until then, uh, I don't see no change in it. Um, that's why I think that the skills competition and the three-point competition kind of saved that night. Um, All-Star festivity, the All-Star game itself, I thought it was a, a great game. Um, like you said, there was a lot more interesting dunks then than it was in the dunk contest itself. But I think overall, the stars did what they were supposed to do. They performed out well. I think Steph Curry definitely deserved the MVP, even though he got booed for it. Um, but if, you know, you can't knock the fact what he did. And I thought that LeBron hitting the game-winning shot overall was the right way to go. So I can't be mad at the festivities overall. I think that they do need to work on focusing a little bit more on the dunk contest than anything for it to grow and take that next level. Because like I said before, the three-point competition and the skill challenge, to be honest, saved that night. Yeah, and it's funny, you know, the, the slam dunk competition used to be the crown jewel <clears throat> right. of the All-Star game. But, you know, the, the NBA is, a, is almost a victim of their own success. The slam dunk competitions in the past were so successful and people were so, you know, had so much memorable moments. It's like the guys that are coming up now. I mean, even, yes, I, I agree. Zach Levine, Aaron Gordon, when he did it, that was probably, was that two years ago, I think it was? Mm -hmm. That was probably... 
one or two years, probably two years ago, that was probably the last great slam dunk competition that they had in a couple of years before that. Correct. And, and so it's like you said, you've seen it all, you did it all, and now a lot of the top guys ain't going to do it. We've never seen LeBron James do it, but LeBron James is not a one of those creative dunkers. He's more of a in-game dunker. Correct. And, and so a lot of those guys that are you know, NBA stars that are not in-game dunkers, they're not going to go out there and risk, like you said, getting hurt, getting embarrassed, doing like what Obi Top and some other guys did, you know, took four or five times just to get the same dunk um, instead of trying something different. But that's what happens when, you know, some people can do it. Mm-hmm. And some people can do it in the in the court when no one's around. And when they get in front of millions of people and all the cameras on them, and you got, you know, celebrity role and all the NBA other players right there. Some people just, they shrink. Yeah. No, I completely agree. And that was one of the main problems because at this stage, and truth be told, like, I haven't seen, like, those competitors compete to the point where they were dunking all over the place. Like, I, at least as far as I know. And I'm not saying that, I'm, I'm saying this because, at the end of the day, I think that if given the opportunity, they just wanted to make sure that they make it to the all-star game and, you know, perform and everything like that. And I get it. It's, I understand that. But the fact of the matter is, is that their creativity, their the, the logic of thinking, like trying to do the same dunk over and over again until you get it right was not going to be the answer. To be honest, I don't think none, any one of those players got at least a 50 or any of the dunks that they attempt. Um, I'm I might be wrong. I don't, I don't think so. If, yeah. if, if it was, it, it, it wasn't worthy of a 50. Yeah, and that's my point. My point, and like like Dean Wade gave like a six to one of the dunks. Like those, you should know from the fact. And what's crazy about it is no one didn't adapt on the fly. No one didn't say, okay, I missed this dunk twice. Let me try something different. Or matter yeah. of fact, let me try a, a dunk that is guaranteed a 50. Let me try one of Zach Levine's dunks. So let me try one of Aaron Gordon's dunks that he did in the past. Maybe I should get a higher score. That Like no one was thinking on the fly. It's like, all right, I got these set of dunks here. So I'm going to just try and knock them and see if I can do all these set dunks in this particular order that I have going forward. No one thought of doing something different. And I think overall it was just, it was just, ah, you know, at that stage. When you yeah. lose, when you lose that hype, it's like you gotta do something to make that up. And if you don't make it up, what's the point? Yeah, because you get to the, the skills competition, you get to the three point competition, and after that, you're like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm good. <clears throat> yeah. And then, you, then you hang around and you see, you know, you it's the field itself doesn't inspire you to want to come out and watch. So then it's not like you have. It's not like you're at the, you know, you're starting five. It's like you're, you know, grabbing from, you know, you know, tough man on the bench <laughs> kind of, you know, players. No one really knows them that well. And there's there's no excitement with it. I mean, even when I heard the people's names, I was just like, eh. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I looked at it because it was on. I was like, let me just, I was like, let me see if, if it's actually going to surprise me. And it was a dud. Hellacious <laughs> dud. Yeah, I think everybody like I I, uh, the, I think the internet. I mean, Twitter was just trolling that whole <laughs> the whole dunk contest. Um, they had people. They had memes of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar walking out <laughs> during mid of the dunk contest. Hers, and, um, that and the Shaq 
um, facial expression was priceless. I think <laughs> those was just like the perfect memes, like just straight, just shut the whole dunk contest down. And like I said, I don't, I give credit where credit was due because Obi Toppin did win it. But overall, it was like he won it by default. So, like I said, like I said, maybe they should do some like you know all star in game dunk you know competition because there was a, plenty of dunks in that game that was way better and executed better than what we saw at the slam dunk competition. To be honest, that may be a great idea. Instead of just putting the dunk contest separately, include it in the all star game. And then have the people vote for the best all—I mean, all-star dunk for that particular weekend. Like to be honest, you can do that and get the fans' participation to vote. That mm-hmm. may be a good idea because you play—you have a game within the game. You have an actual dunk contest within the all-star game, and just let the all-stars just take care of that. Even though it may be a popularity contest and, you know, certain people may win when they just do basic dunks. But overall, I think that that will help in some way, shape or form to include the dunk contest without having it being separate all the time. Yeah, because I mean, look, you have all your time, you have all your all stars in there, so they can't run away from it. I mean, you don't have to worry about trying to be creative and just do it in the midst of the game, whether you get in an alley-oop or you're doing it yourself or. Like how I was watching um, Tracy McGrady one time, I think it was in a game or an all-star game where he just bounced the ball off the off the court, off the backboard, caught it, koosh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you can see that, and then people will be like, all right, I'm voting for that. I'm going to be mm-hmm. the, the, the dunk. I mean, be honest. I think that would be a way to start off doing things um, where you don't have to include the dunk contest. Because I think the three points, and the skills competition the way it is right now i think it helps um and just you could but the thing about it is, is that you will probably need something to cover the dunk competition yeah i mean you did have to be they have to go into their bag and think about it i mean they got everything just about pretty much good i mean you got the you know you got the the rising stars which was an interesting format you got the celebrity which eh. But at least the All Star game, they tweaked it a bit, so it becomes a bit more compelling at the end. Because the last couple of years prior to that, it was a snooze fest. Yeah, no, I completely, I completely agree. And the thing about it is, with the NBA, is that they're always tweaking those type of things to make it more engaging. Um, I just really believe that if they do it, if they do continue to keep the dunk contest the way that it is, they need to add some type of something, um, change the format, change the voting. Um, at this stage to and create to include like creativity, um, um, uniqueness, something um, so that fans can understand and you know engage in it as well. Um, that way, the players who are actually a participant can think of ways to be creative instead of just doing like the same old norm dunks all the time. But they don't need to bring back that will when they did the will thing. That that was the worst. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no nah, but I, I so with that being said and now that the all-star is completely over um we're getting back to the second half of the nba season so um let me ask you a question i mean because to be honest there's only like <clears throat> 20 games left in the nba season before you get to the playoffs and everything else um with so many people like so many teams out there vying for positions and everything like that and are there anything that you can that we can take away uh i mean let me rephrase that is there any 
NBA teams out there that you think made enough noise to do something in their respective conferences? Uh, <clears throat> I think just by the virtue of the, of the big trade right before the um, the All-Star break, it's going to be kind of interesting to see how the 76ers and, the, and your Brooklyn Nets fare. Um, you know, how long will it take Ben Simmons to, you know, get not just play, but can acclimate it and get up to speed and play. Same thing goes to the 76ers. How long does it take them? Um, James Harden, I think it'll probably be a quicker, I think it'll probably be a quicker transition because he's already been playing. Mm-hmm. And um, also, what's the what's the um, injury to uh, to um, Chris Paul? He's going to be out six to eight weeks. Six to eight weeks is pretty much, well, that's March going into April. Mm-hmm. I mean, you almost in May, so you'd be starting to, right about starting the playoffs by the time he comes back. You know, will his thumb, will that affect their league? Because I think they have a, a five or a six game lead or a Golden State. Correct. You know, will they will they maintain that or will they kind of dip a little bit? So um, it's a lot of intriguing stuff. Those are things, two things that pop up top of my head. I'm kind of interested to see what um, the Cavaliers is doing. And I got a and, and I got a, a a big message to to um, Cleveland Cavaliers and the management. Please do not get sucked in by LeBron James floating out that he, you know is not going to bring that up. Do not do that. What happened in Miami? What happened in Cleveland twice? You know, and what's getting ready to happen whenever he leaves Los Angeles is that he makes you sell your future for old old pieces. All your draft picks is gone. All your young players is going, your core to have a good team for the next four to five years is truncated into two and three just to get LeBron his rings. And then when he walks away, you have nothing. A lot of old players, all of your draft picks are going, all of your good players are going, and you're left with whatever he brought in there because they can't work with nobody except him. So I'm sitting at the Cleveland, but I am interested to see how they're going to do. Yeah, but so let's stay on that particular topic, because, of course, the news is out there, of course, that um, LeBron, of course, wants to stay um, in the NBA. Um, He doesn't want to retire until his son, he plays with his son, Bronny. So whoever in this particular chance um, picks up Bronny um, eventually will want, I mean, LeBron James will want to go to that particular team. So the question I have is, is that overall, what do you think? I mean, will teams actually look to get Ronnie in the NBA draft? Just to bring in LeBron. Is 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 he that good enough to? Is he NBA? Well, worthy? right now he's seventeen. Um, he has at least two years before um, he is eligible for the NBA draft. Um, the question I I mean. Right now, he's not even considered like a, a top lottery pick. Um, to be honest, from what it seems, everybody has him in the second round. But not it's not to say he can't move up. I'm just saying that as of right now, he, he's not projected to be like a top lottery pick um, at the moment. Uh, so the, I, I guess I think this is one of the reasons why everybody said LeBron did what he did to kind of push, um, give LeBron, like give Bronny a boost. So that teams could take a look at him, um, basically to see whether or not you know if he is actually 
I'm good enough to be on, or not just that team, because you're now getting a package deal with both Ronnie and LeBron James, uh, an age, a two-year-older LeBron James, but LeBron James nevertheless. I mean, if it's going to be two to three years, I mean, LeBron James is not getting any younger. He's getting, you know, older. I mean, you know, his injuries are getting a little bit more consistent. <clears throat> so do you will LeBron James be that much of a difference maker by the time, you know, his son is eligible to get in the NBA where somebody is going to take him just to get a one or two year aging veteran? I don't know. It depends on what LeBron James is when his son would be eligible to play for, you know, play for the NBA. So I don't know me. I wouldn't do that. And second, why are you putting that much pressure on you? You putting a bullseye on your son because the the first thing people are going to say to people that don't have a LeBron James as a, as a father or any NBA player as a father, that's been grinding in the G league went to college grinding out went overseas grinding out coming to the nba and they and they're feeling like i'm getting on their merits and they're feeling like you got in because who your dad is and guess what he's going to have the same big bullseye on him that the um lonzo ball had and cats are going to go after him every single time and worse if lebron just only plays one year because guess what when he leaves your daddy ain't there to either help you and they're going to give it to him even harder because you know, and I know, if we were in that situation, I would do the same thing. <laughs> I'm giving it to you because I don't think you're in here. I think you got in here because of your daddy. And you don't have to show and prove everybody in the NBA that you deserve to get here. I, I hear you. But we also got my boy Ace who just joined us. So we're going to include him in the fold as well. Uh, what's going on, Ace, man? How's everything going? Well, I'm here. Sorry I'm late, and I just want to say that I called this three or four years ago. <laughs> you, did. Did. you did call it. You did. I just knew it, that uh, he would want to play with his son. And it wouldn't shock me in the least if Cleveland would be the team that goes and does it. Don't do it, Cleveland. Don't do it. What they got to lose? I'm sorry. What do they got to lose? Well, first of all, LeBron wants to go back to Cleveland. He already said it. He just, we know that's what he wants to do. And I and, and I apologize if you guys talked about this. No, you good. You good. Um, the bigger question will be: What does Cleveland give up? And they can't give up that core of Garland. They can't give up the core of my man, uh, the Afro. Uh, there's about four or five guys they can't give up right now. They're they going to have to give up four or five guys just to, <laughs> just to get them. I wouldn't give up shit. Well, excuse my language. I wouldn't give up. No, I mean, I would give up Sexton because um, Sexton is a score. You know, Sexton could do some stuff. Um, but if I were Cleveland, I would I would say, hey, look, if you want to come back to if you want to come back to Cleveland, write out your contract, play next year, and then come to us at a discounted rate. If you come to us at a discounted rate, we'll make sure to regrab your son in the first round. We'll we'll swallow a first round draft pick on your son if you come to us. I think that's what they're gonna do. But you can't guarantee that because 
whoever's I mean, they're not going to have like a top lottery pick. And truth be told, there's a couple of teams. There'll be a lot of teams out there. Whoever's going to win that lottery pick, number one lottery pick, they're going. That's you best believe that somebody's going to either if it's not the first, the first ten lottery picks is going to be chosen. Um, first ten teams is going to look at that particular package deal of both taking Bronny to get LeBron James, and that's really what it's going to be. Cleveland may not even be in the top ten. The way they're playing right now, they may be in the bottom of the um, draft of the first round. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, it's not a guarantee. It's definitely not a guarantee. And I agree with Smooth. I wouldn't never. I wouldn't. But the problem with this is, is that all these young teams, um, when you get a star established like that, um, they're gonna want. They're gonna want half your roster just to get that star. I mean, the James Harden trade alone is a perfect example. So. Um, when he came to Brooklyn. So the, the thing about it is, is that they're going to have to play their cards right. They have to fall in their lap for that to happen. Because I think it's still an open market for whoever wins that lottery draft during that year for them to consider Bron. And, and you have to think, I mean, like like, like me and I, I was asking out, A, is he that good? And B, what happens that year if someone's like a one and done, a freshman that is a can't-miss prospect? Well, there's a couple that are a can't-miss prospect. And LeBron and Bronny is viewed as, like you said, maybe a, by that time, maybe a a late, you know, first round, a second round. Heck, what happens if he goes to college? Because right now you still got to do one year before – whether it's in college, whether it's in overseas. I mean, there's still a lot of things, a lot of factors that's going to factor in. I mean, so it'll be very interesting to see. But well, I mean, he, he has to do his he, – he's going to have to do his one year of college. I think he's a senior this year, right? No. No, junior. So he has to play next year. And I'm guessing he's banking that uh, uh, old boy will uh, allow – Excuse me, Oboy will allow uh, straight to high school to the pros. Well, to be honest with you, I mean, to be honest, you don't have to play college. He could do the G League um, Ignite um, and do it that way. So there's a couple mm-hmm. of ways, avenues that he can go um, mm-hmm. to be drafted. I mean, he could do the G League Ignite the same way that Jalen, I think Jalen Green did, um, who plays mm-hmm. Houston now. So um, there's a couple of ways, avenues that he can go where well, he don't have to go to college. So what he go to G League and then uh two games in just call him up and just say hey <laughs> that is a he's gotta do he's gotta, he's gotta do, do yeah yeah he's he's gotta do the year in G League whether it's in the G League college I mean well or he can he's gotta do some time he can't just play one game and then go in he's gotta he's gotta have that year whatever he does. And you're right. They might change it. I don't know. I think they still have to wait for the collective bargaining agreement to come in. I think that's still a, a, a few years away unless they want to have the kind of headaches that Major League Baseball is running into right now. And Ace, I want to ask you, what the heck is going on with baseball? I, they forever. I, I, I wanted to bring it up, but I, I didn't want to like let's, – let's, all right, so let's let's finish this up, and then we'll, we'll get to that. So I, I think overall I think that this – is something that LeBron is putting out there. I think that Bronny, it doesn't help to help his son. 
And I, I'm not mad for him how he's doing it um, because his goal is to play with his son for whoever that whoever selects him. So I'm not mad at how he's doing it. Um, I'm curious to see which team out there will actually take him up on that offer and bring him in. Um, because it's not like Bronny at this point is a lottery select person. Not saying right now. He, I'm not saying right now. Not saying two years down the road he may change. But right now he's still he's not even a lottery select person. So I think that he's building up his 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 status um, to get to that level. And I think it's open market for any teams to take him. They just have to take that risk um, and focus on that. And truth be told, if they bring in LeBron James, they have to understand that there's a possibility that LeBron James is not going to want to keep the same team intact. So that's something that they have to put out there. But let's move off of that because we can talk about the NBA for years and I mean years, but for weeks to come. Um, let's get into the MLB because right now it seems as though everything everything is just going left, um, where it's a lot more split. There's not no. Um, if we would thought that it would come to an agreement or working towards something like that, but it seems like it's getting farther and farther <laughs> apart. So, um, Ace, I did want to reach out to you in regards of your thoughts about the MLB lockout and how everything is, um, where it seems to be headed at this moment. Ah, well, stupidity. Um, it's bad enough you had the worst ratings. It's bad enough that uh, folks don't want to sit there and watch you because they think it's too long, it's too boring. You know, um, it's good that the, the salaries are the way they are. and they, They'll always command the, uh, the TV contracts that they get. But the bottom line is all they're doing is hurting themselves because They need to play games. People, I, I mean, it's it's our generation that sit here and just are willing to sit there and watch games. Anybody younger than us or the babies that are ten years younger than us, they don't want to bother. You know, they don't want to. They don't want to be bothered with sitting there watching a the game. They got Bleacher Report. They got all these other things that sit there and give them updates of what the games are going on. And then you got the millennials that are just like the hell with this, you know. I, I can't be bothered with this crap at all. So I don't know what the hell is going on with them, but they need to get go ahead and just like look. Bottom line is every day that we don't sit here and play spring training or let it, you know, this this put our names out there just to say, hey, this is what's going on, it's making it more difficult for us to move forward in the future. So they need to put whatever differences they have to the side and just go ahead and just make this happen. At least initially, and then work in the, at least work in the, in the background and then try to figure some stuff out, but at least make the the optics look like, you know, things are going pretty damn good. But, you know, Major League Baseball owners versus the, the Players, Players Association just can't seem to get eye to eye on this particular situation. And, and uh, it's not looking good. They can't even sit at the table for 20 minutes with one another before they go ahead and just walk out. <laughs> <laughs> but then let me ask you a question. Who do you think this is more on, the owners or the players? Or both? 
I think it's both, personally. You know, the, the players want to get what the players going to get because no, all other sports envy baseball as far as the contracts and everything that they got going on. And then, you know, they've been kind of doing what they need to do to make sure that they're good. But in the same sense, you know, Major League Baseball is like, shit, we probably need to go follow the NFL model. <laughs> you know, you you give us some good years, but when you ain't doing nothing, we're just going to cut your contract in half. It's like, nah, we don't want to be bothered with that. So I think it's a little bit of both, whereas players have been spoiled for so many years that's going on with, uh, with the situation. And owners are probably like, you know what, the screw, you know, screw this. I'm, I'm, I, I actually want to, I want to fight in this joint. So I don't know what it's going to take to make sure that they get together and just do what they need to do and iron this out. Because at this point right now, they can still start the season on time, but it's going to be difficult. And they wait another week, the season ain't starting on time. So do you believe that the season will start on time? Or you really believe, do you believe that a deal can get done within a week's time for it to start on time? Nope, I do not. <clears throat> because if they thought it could start on time, they would have done it already. True, true, true. What about you, Smooth? Yeah, I don't think it starts on time. I, I think it might start a, f- a few weeks later. <laughs> and maybe that's being, you know, the optimist <laughs> in me. But it's supposed to start with March 31st, right? When it's supposed to be the f- opening day. Yeah. I could see if they can't get their acts together mid to late April. And do you think that that um, will, if they do get it together, do you think that they will go the full complete um, season and just extend out, or do you think that they'll just completely shorten it and just try to make do with with the rest of it? I mean, the time frame of the season. Uh, that's 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 a little more uh, tricky because I mean, I mean, right? I mean, you got right really got millionaires and billionaires squabbling over money. <laughs> That's what it all comes down to. You got the owners that wanna don't necessarily want to give all their money away, but they want to still feel competitive teams. You got the you know the union saying, you know, there needs to be more money being spent from just not the bigger teams, but the smaller market teams. And if you tax smaller market teams or tax big teams, no one wants to spend more than their than they want to or their quote unquote soft salary cap. So, you know. The um the owners want to make money but not spend too much money. So the players want the owners to spend more money and give out bigger contracts so everybody eats. And they want to jack up the minimum, you know, minimum salary to I heard something of a million dollars, but mm-hmm. per player. But in any way, it all comes down to the pie <clears throat> and who's getting the pie. And right now, it's it's something to get done because they're still. There's, there's too much money to be made for it not to go. It's just a matter of who's going to come out looking like a winner and who's not. There's, there's going to be winners. There's going to be losers. There's going to be winners probably in the big market teams, losers in the small market teams. And there's going to be some players that are going to lose because they know they can't get that kind of money from smaller market teams. So they're going to have to hopefully they can go to a, a New York Yankees, the Boston Red Sox, the LA Dodgers, teams that can give them those contracts and small market teams suffer. So it's money. But however, 
And Ace, would you agree with this, that let's say the season didn't start until, let's say, middle of May, and they want to end it on time, and they probably want to extend it. Let's say they want to start at May and finish whenever. A truncated season might make things even a bit more interesting because now you can't you can't blow off the first twenty five games. <laughs> no, not at all. Every game is going to count, right? Which makes every game more intriguing for people to watch because, like you said, every game will count. Um, that's why I, I was just curious about that because I, I want to see how exactly that would play out because if it works that way. Um, would the uh, would MLB be more um, more accept, acceptable to actually shorten the seasoning from the amount of games being played during the season to and to make it more convincing to short, it would be more convincing to sh- um, to push the idea to shorten um, games. And that's what I, I think I was looking at from that standpoint. So I, I think I think the owners will overall. I think that. This is something that owners and the players need to see and see how this plays out because if the fans become more interested or are re-interested, so to speak, um, or bring in new fans, it may help the situation overall in a longer period of time. Because let's, well, I mean, let's be honest, the MLB is losing fans. They're losing fans, but I, but I think, as you, you could probably agree, I, I think no one wants to get, give back money, so I don't think that they – the players or the owners necessarily want to have a you know a, a shortened season if they don't have to. <laughs> I mean, no, but I mean in the same sense. But come on, let's be realistic. Who's filling up the stands when they go to these games? It has to be our generation, the generation above us, and it's our generation bringing our kids there because that's what we love. But you talking about millennials, they're not sitting here trying to go to a baseball game. And they're not trying to bring their, you know, if they have kids or young kids, they're not trying to bring their young kids in to watch this game. So, I mean, the bottom line is what Major League Baseball needs to do and the the owners, they need to make sure that they take care of their, their minor league squads. You know, this is something that they don't talk about. But, you know, it's the minor league squads that are sitting there and they're broke and they're struggling and sleeping out of cars and doing what they need to do, you know, spend a few extra dollars because y'all y'all got it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. The, the TV contract is paying y'all. So take care of your minor league squads. Make sure they're good. And if you show some good, some, uh, some good press with the minor league, you show that the, the owners are out there trying to really work and do something, Maybe it might shed a light on some of these younger cats. And you're like, okay, we'll see what's going on here, because they're more focused on the news and things that affect you know situations more so than sitting there watching the game. You know, and maybe that might shed some more eyes towards the sport. And they're like, okay, so these owners are really doing something for these jokers and they making money. How can we sit there and be? And you might you might even find that some of these millennials or whomever might start going to more of these minor league games and taking part of something that's more local because it's this local, it's cheap. Because let's be honest, millennials are all about being about cheap and paying off bills. They ain't trying to spend their money. <laughs> but that's real. It is. It that's is. real. They're not trying to spend money, but they don't, they don't mind spending money if they can do something that's cheap 
inexpensive and they can still have a good time. True. And if and if these players are being compensated right and they can go ahead and watch a baseball game and spend five or seven dollars on a ticket, I guarantee you, you might spend you might you might lose some money on a major league level, but they might see some more money, uh, some more revenue coming in on a minor league level. Yeah. So maybe they just need to kind of change the thought of process a little bit. But you know, we're talking about billionaires and stuff like that, so I doubt it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's always always from the top down. They always focus on the biggest stars and get them paid a lot of money, but yet don't want to focus on the minor section, the minor leagues, um, to the lowest players that's even a part of their their their, their organization. And it's get to that point sometimes where they need to balance it out. And it doesn't look like that's what they're trying to do at the moment. Yeah, the the NFL has the best minor league system that money can the money can't buy. <laughs> College. <laughs> true. That is true. That is true. Because they could get showcased there, and then when the time comes, they move them up. I mean, even if they, I mean, I, I, I'm pretty sure that they take care of their practice squad as well, to an extent. They eat. <laughs> 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 but what well, what I'm saying is that they do get a lot more exposure that way. Um, to be honest, NFL and the NBA does it too because you have the G League, and even though it's not on the same level as the NBA, they do get showcased a lot more on television, a lot more than you know they did in the past in previous years. So I think that their minor league system is growing and growing more so. And Major League Baseball needs to do the same with. I mean, yeah, Major League Baseball needs to do the same with their minor development as well. Yeah, yeah, and big ups and big ups to the NBA. I'm sorry, they may cut you off. Just real quick, big ups to the NBA because you know I did see over the All Star Weekend they were making much more of an emphasis to include, you know, the uh, people from the G League, you know, in the All Star Weekend festivities. So, big ups to the NBA for really, you know, standing up the G League and making it like a true. I mean, minor leagues for the NBA is college, but I mean, making it a true <laughs> double A, triple A, however you want to put it. Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all, and this money, this this number might have gone up since the last I've heard it, but those jokers in the practice squad, practice squad may make sixty thousand a year, which is typically your average BS job that you have that makes decent money. Mm-hmm. You know, but you're just playing a sport and then you still have eight months out of the year so you can make additional money. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Um, they ain't making that much money, but NFL owners, if they want to sit there and, and I'm sure that number has increased over the while because I heard that number back five to seven years ago. I'm sure that's not the same number now. They always include some monies for them, so they probably close to the 80, 90,000 a year now with the uh, practice squad money, which is still pretty damn good considering you ain't doing nothing but practicing. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and, and, Ace, and Ace, just to, just to update you, um, players, depending on a tenure, can earn up to uh, 14 grand per week or 252 grand per season. Be on a practice squad. So there, dude. That's yeah. that's pretty damn. Uh, that's pretty damn dope. Yes, I'll sit there and be a practice squad dude all day and make two hundred thousand a year. 
But like this, they're not they're not making what you know the entry level salary. So they are <laughs> mm-hmm. they are they, they are able to you know eat. Mm-hmm. They just can't floss. Depending on what you're making. <laughs> but, but like you said, like that's the basic comparison for like being in the minor leagues of the MLB because like you said, there's people sleeping in cars. Um right. it's not it's not as stable um at this point as like some of the other um sports professions. So um they definitely need to work on that. Agreed. Agreed. But, we can definitely talk more about this because the MLB lockout has it seems is not going to be ending anytime soon. Um, and we know that um, I, I'm, I'm trying to think of there's anything else that I'm forgetting or overlooking. If not, then we will conclude on this um, because I know that we could talk more about the NBA down the road. We can talk more MLB um, in regards to the lockout situation. We can definitely talk about the NFL um, in the upcoming weeks too, and we could talk about some of the people that's been talking, um, saying that they're going to retire and not retiring, or don't know when they're retiring, or going on podcasts and saying cryptic messages. So we'll talk more about that on the next episode of Guys Talking Sports. Uh, but for now, um, let folks know where they can find you at. Uh, find me on Twitter, Snapchat, and Gram. J. Ross, number seven. And you can find me on Twitter at CatDaddy1963. That's CatDaddy1963 on Twitter. And, of course, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. I am Al Qualls. Twitter and Instagram, I am Al Qualls. You can also catch Guys Talking Sports. We are live on the Twitter stream. We're live on Twitch. We are live on YouTube. We are live all over the place. We're going to include and start expanding out to more um, broadcast platforms as well. Um, but you also can catch us if you miss guys talking sports live you can catch us on the podcast you can search any podcast all the podcasts that you do or listen to search um no matter what platform search guys talking sports and we'll be there um but we'd like to thank everybody for checking us out live on guys talking sports make sure you catch us next week um, with a new episode of guys talking sports where we continue to talk more about sports But until then, we'd like to thank you guys for checking us out. Um, Have a blessed night. Stay safe. God bless. Um, Stay safe. And stay warm if you're in the cold weather because it is getting real cold out there. So stay warmed up. All right? Take care. God bless.